Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. This is a special bullpen and exclusive. Remember, we reported on the story of a college student who was physically accosted by the local police, targeted in fact. Let me bring you back to that video. We have the young college student on the show today. Here's a reminder. You should have come get me. I haven't did anything wrong. You going to jail because you're not listening. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to jail for. You're interfering in police business and you're following, you failed to follow directions. So you're finna go to jail. For and what? I, I haven't did anything wrong. I haven't did anything wrong, fool. They can come check the cameras and everything. I haven't did anything wrong. You ain't going on by your business. I'm trying. I'm just waiting for my sister to come. I'm waiting for my sister to come pick me up. I'm just waiting for my sister to come pick me up right now. Go. I'm waiting for my sister to come pick me up. Why are you approaching me? Let's go to Mr. JT Hardiman. Student, Delta State University. Uh, JT, good to have you on the show. How are you? It's good to be here. I'm doing very well. How are you doing today, Mr. Richie? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, when this happened, the narrative was that these police officers or that cop was targeting you because you filed a complaint. Can you give us the nature of the complaint you filed and how that connects back to the incident we just saw? Um, so back in September, me and my friends were sitting outside of her dorms and she got up to fix her pants. And we noticed another car was driving by and the driver in the car was trying his very, like he was trying really hard to look at her rear end. So, you know, as us being supportive friends, we decided to, you know, make a wall around her and I told him to keep it pushing in a polite manner. And a white pickup truck with two Caucasian students. Um, wrote one, the one on the passenger side rolled down his window and he asked, he was like, are you talking to me? And you know, I responded at, with a no and just kept, you know, minding my business. And he flipped us off. He threw the middle finger up at me and my friends and then proceeded to call me a black elf bomb. And you know, as a college student, you would, Think, you know, we're all here to get a degree. We're all here on one purpose. You wouldn't expect something like that out of, the, out of the blue. And so, you know, it did make me furious, but I came to my sisters and was like, you know, that the officials handled this. That's their job. This is not something you can take into your own hands. So I called the policeman, and the policeman that came, I was telling him what was going on again. I noticed and my friends even noticed how he had this attitude like he really just didn't want to be there. He didn't want no involvement and you know, after seeing this, I was like, I really don't even want to put it in a report because I feel like nothing is gonna get done. So I didn't that night, I called my father. My father talked to me and told me I need to go put it in a report so I can have on, on papers that I did file a report about this. And I made a Facebook post talking about how I felt. And, you know, I wouldn't put in my report. And about a couple of days later, I had to go to Student Life and talk to one of the representatives at Student Life about the um 
report the um, Facebook post that I posted. And you know, she told me it felt like a slap in the face to her and her job for the simple fact. They said I felt I wasn't giving them enough time to investigate. But at the same time, and I keep going back to this before the simple fact, I do strongly believe there could have been an immediate action done right then and there. Because where we was at, there was a camera standing, like sitting and facing directly at the stop sign that they were at on the dormitory. So if you just go back and watch the cameras, you can see exactly what happened. All you need to do now is find a student. And you know, even after the meeting, I haven't had no follow ups. I haven't even attempt to make another follow up for the simple fact I get no answers. And for this incident to come up, you know, I feel like my name has already been, you know, you know, JT's gonna say something, or JT, he be he be on his P's and Q's, he don't mind standing up. So I feel like, you know, I was an easy target. For the simple fact, I don't hold my tongue. My parents always told me if you see something that's you know wrong, don't be afraid to speak up. So that's what I do. And after the whole incident, even to this day with the policeman that night, it you know it still shakes me up. I still got a little anxiety from it. And the thing that I still have a question for the officers that arrested me the next day is why. Like why, what was the reason for my arrest? What was the actual reason for my arrest? Because if if the incident was so urgent to the point that you felt like you needed to arrest me, you have my information on what dorm I stay in and what room number I stay in. You could have just picked me up that night. And it seems kind of odd that I would to go, I would willingly to go file a statement against these police officers. Showing that I have videos and testimonies, and I get arrested. JT, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what happened that particular night. Where were you that night? Were you outside of their precinct? What's the location here? Um, so where I stay, Kane and Tatum, the dorm is like right across the sidewalk from the police department. And one of my friends just got off work and she called and was like, hey, do you wanna hang out? I was like, sure. I was already heading outside because at nighttime I like to skateboard a little bit, you know, to clear my mind. And I told her, you know, I will be outside skateboarding. And as I was skateboarding, I came between Ziegler Hall and Bailey Hall. And I saw my friends at the stop sign and I saw the policemen were right there. And I saw one did have their lights on, so I didn't approach immediately. I waited. For a little bit, I heard Officer Weeks say, "You're good. Y'all are good to go." And I heard them having a normal conversation. So you know, that's when I started approaching the car. And I never said anything to the officers. I spoke directly to my friends. I um, first thing I said when I walked up to the car, I said, "Are y'all good? Y'all straight?" You know, because you're dealing with the police, and you know, it can go both ways. So you know, trying to make sure that my friends are okay in this matter. I never asked them what happened. Still to this day, I really don't even know why they got pulled over. And so, Officer Weeks goes and say, "Elfin with JT gonna get y'all in a lot of trouble." So you know, that's a lot of animosity right off the bat. Like you're already making a negative compact towards me. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, oh. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wanted to highlight they already 
the cop knew who you were. Yes, right. sir. All right, there was no you know interaction right beforehand, or you gave him your license or your student ID. He just knew. He knew who you were. So that means your reputation in some way has preceded you. So he makes this negative comment, and at some point it turns into him chasing you. Now, why is he telling you to leave in the first place? And why is it that he says he arrested you? Honestly, I have no idea. And you know, going back to that night again is a lot of anxiety. And just thinking about it, you know, it's a little trauma behind it. I've been trying to figure out the same reason because I felt like I did nothing wrong. My friends verified to me that I did nothing wrong because for a long time I was sitting there thinking to myself that whole night while we was together, I really didn't say much because of what just happened. Like you know, we see these things on the internet, but you would never expect it to happen to you. And for you to actually experience that, it brings a little bit of trauma. Yeah. And so, him arresting me, no, that's false. He did not arrest me. What happened the next day when I went to the um, police department to file my complaints, I was telling another officer about the incident, showed to the video. And you know, as I'm telling her this stuff, I get overwhelmed with the emotions. I start feeling like, you know, I wanted to cry. I was like, cause this is a big deal to me. Like something has to be done. And I'm looking and based off the last reports that I filed to the police, I feel this is not really gonna go for far for the simple fact. He's an officer as well. What does another officer look like investigating another officer that makes them look bad? So, you know, I asked them, can I go back to my room to file my statement? And they said it was okay. So, as I make my way back to my room, I'm on the phone with my friend that I was supposed to hang out with the night before. And I'm telling her what happened. And I see a white Cleveland Police Department vehicle pull up and he hit the sirens. And that sent instant fear down my spine. I began to get overwhelmed with the same emotions. I said, Please not again. And you know, I went back to where the officers were, but I went a little bit farther behind them because I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's just, you know, you're seeing it wrong. You're just, you know, you're overreacting. And so all of the officers made their way to me and they kind of formed like a huddle around me. And I was telling my friends on the phone, like, they're trying to arrest me, they're detaining me. And I kept asking the officers, why are you detaining me? Why are you detaining me? Now in the video, the officer, Officer Weeks said that he was arresting me for interfering with policemen business and not listening. So is there that was the original officer that you had the video on, same cop? Um, the a cop that arrested me was Caucasian. He okay. was not African American. Okay. But when I asked that officer why was he arresting me, he said for for running from the policeman that night before, right? And so, but the cop told you to leave. Yes, he see that's what I kept getting confused with. He kept saying leave or I'm going to arrest you. See, that's two commands. You, get, right. I felt like that was a choice. That was either or. So in the video, you see I was back, you know, with my hands up and recording. Now that is a protocol that my parents did tell me to follow if there there ever was a situation to happen like this. And so. I tried to keep as much distance between me and officers as possible. And all three of them kind of, you know, kept coming at me and I asked him, why are you approaching me? And that's when he tried to tackle me. 
So, you know, it was a lot going on. And I feel like it was just a big form of miscommunication. And Officer Martin was the Caucasian cop that was out there that night. Um, For him, I really don't understand his purpose of being there. Because if he saw that the whole situation was escalated, why your job as a policeman is to de-escalate situations. You're not helping put out the fire, you're adding more to it. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about the culture on campus. You're a college student, Delta State University. How yes, has this, how has the administration responded to you? What is the dean of students saying? Um, your uh-huh. student government, have they gotten involved? Well, I haven't heard word from the Student Government Association at all about the situation. My dean. Um, I really don't know. I tried to set up a meeting with the president and the vice president. For the simple fact, I feel like that is something that is needed. And with as far as school, the only word that I have gotten back is from student life. I got some papers saying that I was going to be on suspensions and abeyance. But with the whole thing, they said I can either appeal the situation or you know sign it and turn it in. And you know, I didn't, I appeal for the simple fact is I'm innocent. So I feel like there's no reason to suspend me. And it said on the paper, the first thing it said after investigating the situation, I was um, in violation of section 1C2A and 2B. So I noticed it said out there investigating. So I asked the um, director of student life and the officer that was present. Have they seen any video footage or any camera footage? They both responded no. So I started wondering how am I already getting these papers if you all haven't seen the video or the camera footage and you're head of student life and you're the one giving me these papers. So that means you're the one that has to make sure, okay, this is the right move. So. I'm still trying to figure it all out myself, but I feel like it's a work in progress. Let's talk about what happened to the original complaint. Remember at the beginning of this narrative, you talked about individuals in a pickup truck using racist language against you and your friends. Has anything developed from that initial complaint about racism on the campus? Um, to be honest, no sir. I I tend to stay, you know, in my business and out of everybody else's. I try to stay on my path to make sure I don't swerve into anybody else's lane. For the simple fact, I don't need no extra drama added to my life. And before that incident, I did have a um, run in with another student who, you know, rumored to say some racist things towards other students and homophobic slurs or transphobic things to other students or make them uncomfortable. And he called the cops on me, said that I said something racist to him, which was false. And you know, a couple of students came up and testified their stories with him. And you know, that kind of helped me out. But one thing that stuck out about that whole situation is after everything that happened, one of the officers told me, you know, don't really say too much about it because they don't want stuff getting like stuff like that getting out around campus. Mm. And I sat there thinking for a while, well, this is something that needs to be addressed. This is something that 
the college students should know, you know, so they'll know, okay, they're serious about this. This is something that we cannot do. If they see that, oh, we can just get away with this, it's gonna be more and more of it. That's not yeah. taking a step in the future, that's taking 10 steps back into the past. JT, I heard you say something about wanting to stay in your own lane. And I understand your heart, I understand the sentiment of that. But I also want to submit something to you, put it on the shelf, just keep it on your radar. One of the most underappreciated experiences during our journey is being uncomfortable. We do not appreciate what being uncomfortable can do. You spoke up because you were uncomfortable. When you are uncomfortable, things can change. But don't become comfortable in discomfort. Don't allow discomfort to become normal, change it. I applaud you for standing up, for saying something, for being willing. I applaud you for that. What do you wanna do? What are you going to school for? Um, right now I'm in school as a fashion major student. I do want to um, own my own fashion line or be a model for a top lining for the simple fact. I do love fashion, it's a mm -hmm. sense that I do take pride in. And you know, taking photos is something that I've always done. So you know, why not make a career with it? There you go, well said. We're gonna continue to follow this story JT. You know, if you need to contact me, you have my information. We're going to obviously have an update once legal counsel is completely secured. That process is still ongoing, but we appreciate the time you have spent today providing update and clarity as to what happened. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure talking to you, Mr. Ritchie. Thank you, sir.